Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode of Hey Jewel. I am. I know in this current moment, as we're recording this, Instagram is down right now. But my TikTok and my Instagram before it went down is just entirely people posting from the Harry Styles concert at MSG last night. I know. I almost feel like I was there. Why didn't we go? That was so stupid. I was thinking that last night. I have absolutely no idea. I think it was one of those situations where when the dates first drop, we're like, okay, we'll revisit this. And then we just entirely forgot about it until it was our entire feed. Yeah, but I have to say, you're right. I really did feel like I was there. Watching those videos was like an immersive experience. Yeah, I'm so happy that if I couldn't be there because of our own terrible memory, I was at least able to experience it via every single person's story slash TikTok. What's crazy is that, I mean, you can't compare the energy in the room to a video, but I feel like the energy that people were talking about that was present in there, it really did come across on video. Like you felt the enthusiasm, you felt how smooth he was, obviously how sexy he was. Just, I don't know, he has this way of making this giant venue feel so intimate. Yeah, the intimacy thing is actually exactly it because it's the way he interacts with people and his fans and the audience. And, you know, there's a whole joke about people bringing signs to his concert when they're, you know, really close to the stage and him responding to them in the middle of the show or him talking to the entire audience, confirming what Watermelon Sugar is about. It's just those types of things where it's such an electric show because he's such an amazing performer. But somehow when he speaks to the crowd, it feels like this small, intimate little show. It's really unbelievable. It's very special to watch. And I've seen him in concert only once. And it was at a very, very small venue. So like in and of itself, it was already intimate. But it really is a special experience. No, totally. I also think with him specifically, obviously, he is deemed one of the most attractive men and he knows that. But personally, the way that I feel is that he carries himself in a way where you know that he knows it, but not in a way that comes across as egotistical, more so in a way where he feeds into it playfully almost. And it's such a fine line and it's so easy to cross. And to me, I feel like he just plays it beautifully. I so agree. 
Okay, that's all for today. (laughs) That's the episode. Thanks for listening. (laughs) So obviously, as you guys know, we didn't have an episode last Monday. We were off that day. But that Tuesday, the Netflix Britney documentary came out. And then that Wednesday is when the giant ruling came out that Jamie Spears was officially suspended as conservator. So this was, I mean, a phenomenal, huge win. They designated a temporary replacement to oversee the finances. And I just want to read one quote from her lawyer. Again, remember, this is her new lawyer, Matthew Rosengart, who she was able to hire herself. He described Jamie as, quote, a cruel, toxic, and abusive man. Quote, Brittany deserves to wake up tomorrow without her father as her conservator. It is what my client wants. It is what my client needs. It is what my client deserves. We learned Mr. Spears did something unfathomable. He instructed a security team paid for by my client to place a listening device in Brittany's bedroom. By the way, I mean, I know this is kind of old news now, but I just have to take this opportunity to say fucking repulsive. Repulsive. And then separate from that, Brittany wasn't at the actual hearing, but according to her lawyer, her request is she wants, of course, an orderly transition. And then on top of that, she wants the opportunity to be able to put a plan in place to terminate the conservatorship altogether in the next 30 to 45 days. So we're about a month out from that request being considered. The date set for that was November 12th. And then December 13th is when the additional hearing is scheduled to address other outstanding matters in the case. But I can't stress this enough. Like This is a huge, huge win. This is the very thing we have been speaking about for I don't even know how long. And there really was just this collective joy and enthusiasm and excitement surrounding it. I know we were off last week, but it, in my opinion, at least based on what I've seen on social, it's definitely carried its way through the weekend. Oh, absolutely. I mean, people are so thrilled about this because this was such a huge victory. This is, like you said, what we've been wanting since the beginning. And obviously there's that final step there of getting rid of the conservatorship altogether. But the Jamie Spears element of it and getting him off of it was absolutely huge. And I think what the most important piece of all of this, the most amazing thing to be able to see is not just that it's working and that the courts are, you know, granting these things and making it happen, but just the sheer fact that Brittany finally has somebody to advocate for her on her behalf, finally has somebody that's like actually looking out for what her best interest is and what is best for her. And we haven't seen that in so long. I don't want what I'm about to say to take away from her lawyer's successes. Like clearly this guy is very talented. He's good at what he does and he has a lot of legal capability. So that's not what I'm saying. However, the amount of successes that he's had in a relatively short time, I mean, she's only hired him for a few months, to me just goes to show the level of corruption that was happening previously because one, the court appointed attorney, and second of all, most likely them being in some sort of cahoots with the conservators. So it's not that what this guy is doing is like the impossible that no lawyer was ever able to do. It was the fact that this is the the only non-corrupt legal example she has ever had in her corner. So it just goes to show how hands were tied for so many years and how this didn't need to be like this. You know what I mean? It's not like this guy possesses some ability that no other lawyer does. It's the fact that he possesses the ability to operate in Britney's best interest. Absolutely. 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 The entire thing was just corrupt. And you're right. What we're seeing now is just the clearest example of how much the system was working against her. And on top of that, what really can't be ignored at all is just the mounting public pressure, the attention that this case has gained and the people, not just her lawyer, but her fans and legal systems outside of what's in place for her operating and advocating for her, even though they don't have a direct involvement in this case is really what has blown this entire thing open. I mean, 
the sheer fact that so many people are now aware of what's going on. There are so many eyes on the court on what the decisions being made are. You can't, no longer can decisions just be made. There's so much public scrutiny. And if something is wrong and something's not right, somebody is going to catch it right away and be made aware of it. So the days of just the advantage being taken of Brittany are just so clearly in the past. And obviously so much of that has to do with the fact that somebody is finally advocating on her behalf, her new lawyer, but also just the fact that there are so many people all over the world in her corner is just, it's remarkable. It's unfortunate that we'll never be able to actually quantify it. Like it's not like we can take a pie chart and get the exact amount that the public pressure has contributed to this. But I do think that it would be remiss to discuss this case without mentioning that as somewhat of a catalyst to change. Of course, not the overwhelming factor necessarily, but it's there somewhere. I do believe that if this case was never brought to public attention and made what it was, that we would not be in this situation right now. Like Brittany would still be stuck in the same situation that she had been in the past had we not been made like very, very aware of what had been going on. I think so too. I I really do. Again, I don't know what a lawyer would say about that, but I, I feel that way. Yeah. And also she's on vacation right now, obviously with her fiance, Sam, and she's posting a lot of photos of herself, like, you know, basically naked just with emojis, which clearly in general, I'm always here for free the nipple. I don't know if this is me looking too much into it or like making something out of something that isn't there. But to me, it just like signals liberation all across the board. Like I really do feel like these posts in a way are symbolic of the freedom that she's starting to really experience. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's the freedom of her body. The fact that she's on vacation right now with her fiance, just all of these experiences that she's having and choosing to share with us are all signifying that freedom that she's both experiencing and fully working towards having. And then, you know, the Netflix documentary, Britney vs. Spears, came out, like I said, on the Tuesday before the ruling happened. And do you think this is fair to say? I mean, yes, there have been a lot of clearly documentaries about Britney, and you can make the argument that at this point, it's not necessarily even additive because how much new information is being given. That being said, I really do think the response to this was a lot more muted than it would have been if the ruling didn't happen the day after, because I think everybody's attention just immediately went to the ruling. And I don't know if this is wrong or not at all how you feel or how any of you guys feel. For me personally, I almost felt like When the ruling came out, it was so indicative of like a brighter future ahead. And just watching that documentary, which we can get into in a second, was, yes, important, of course, to highlight all of the injustices that happened. But it almost felt like we were, there was almost a part of me that felt like it was doing her more harm than good because it wasn't the first time we were seeing it. Is that at all how you felt? No, that's how I felt too. Listen, I think that there's two pieces of it. I think a lot of important information was in that documentary stuff we didn't know, stuff that could potentially help others understand what happened to Brittany and what went into this situation, specifically her divorce from KFED. Like, again, just a lot of information, the relationship with the paparazzi. The fact of the matter is, though, is that a couple of months prior, we got a very similar documentary. We got a documentary that really exposed this entire case that allowed the Free Britney movement to become a mainstream discussion and it kind of accomplished what it needed to accomplish for the most part, that first initial documentary. To me, I mean, I understand that so much of the intent behind these documentaries are to do good, but to be continuously bringing up her past, showing her in videos that I'm sure are 
very, very difficult for her to see from a very not great point of her life that was probably very traumatic and is still traumatic to look back on for the sake of like our own voyeuristic tendencies doesn't always make sense to me. And especially as more and more keep coming out, it just feels like we're regressing to the exact same position we were in when we were putting her on the cover of every single People Us Weekly star magazine in every single issue that could come out. Yeah, there was this review in Variety titled Netflix's Britney vs. Spears Tastelessly Gawks at Singer Scandals by Daniel Daddario. And I just want to read one paragraph at the end, because I feel like it very much sums up what we're talking about. It says, but the story, as it exists up to this point, had already been effectively told. And watching the culture industry attempt to come up with new ways to package and profit off of Spears' humiliation and pain very clearly calls to mind her 2007 and 2008, in which she was metabolized for content more than she was ever clearly heard. Many bystanders and commentators then were well-meaning too. Netflix has added little to our understanding of Spears' narrative, but for the renewed awareness on the part of the viewer that even after all that is now known about her plight, even the biggest media players can't resist trying to squeeze some juice out of her painful, inhumane saga. Does Netflix think we should free Britney? Sure, but only if we can use Britney first. That hit me, that last line. Yeah, me too. And to be clear, I fucking love Netflix, but I don't know, you know, maybe if you're watching this and you had never seen the previous ones and this was your first introduction to the situation, you would feel differently. And also, by the way, if you don't, feel differently. That's completely fine too. I just kind of got a little bit of that sense when I watched it. And I think reading this, it kind of just intensified some feelings I already had, but either way, like I am just so hopeful about this conservatorship ending. And I really, really have a good feeling now that the corruption at the very least is hopefully out of the equation. Yeah. That's how I feel as well. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. So I don't know if you guys suffer from allergies, but kind of a new development in my life is that I apparently do. I didn't used to, but in the last few years, I've noticed specifically as the seasons change that I start to have allergies. And to me, there is nothing more uncomfortable than that feeling of nasal congestion. Like you just don't feel like yourself. And I was really looking for something that worked because so much of this stuff doesn't work. And I found Astapro to be really helpful. So I think it could be for you too, if you deal with this kind of stuff. So Astapro is a first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24 hour over the counter allergy spray and it starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24 hour steroid free allergy spray and Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose and sneezing. By the way, that 30 minutes thing is real. And for me to have relief in 30 minutes is just a game changer. Get fast acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O-Allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. So if you remember about two or so months ago, there were those photos of Angelina Jolie and The Weeknd leaving dinner together. And the internet was absolutely losing it. And I remember you and I getting on this podcast and being like, you know what? We have absolutely no context here. It could definitely be a work thing. They could just be friends. Like, let's not get so crazy here. And that's what we stuck to. By the way, there's been no new information. But just this past week, they were also seen leaving Giorgio Body together. They were apparently in like a private area. They were there for about two and a half hours. And when they left, they left together in his car. Again, could mean nothing. I just 
want to say, because I know you were very much more so on the page of like, this definitely is a project that they're working on together, which I think could totally be the case. I think it's fun to just think about for a second if it wasn't and there was more of a romantic intent. Yeah. I mean, in my mind right now that where I'm at is that this is not romantic. Like I assume or my thought process is that they're working on something together and that's why they're having dinner once every two months. But listen, crazier things have obviously happened. I think that it is so fun to fantasize about if that's actually a real story and if there's something romantic going on there. Yeah. I mean, this would be wild. I don't know. I I don't like to let myself go there necessarily because then it's just like disappointing because this would just be very fun. I'm just wondering though, like, okay, let's say it's not romantic. What are they working on? Some sort of a film, some sort of a philanthropic thing. I mean, I know they're both incredibly philanthropic and involved. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, project wise, it could be anything. It, it, like probably movies, if I had to guess something film-based. Again, I'm literally just guessing here because I have no idea. If they are dating, I don't think it's a matter of like being let down because I don't think either of us are overly invested in the fact that they could become a couple. It's not like with with Tom Holland and Zendaya where people are like, if they're not a couple, I can't handle it because I love them so much together. This is just like, we've seen them at dinner twice. It's fun to fantasize about. So I don't think that there's a letdown factor here. Let's use the example you just did, Zendaya and Tom Holland. Okay, it's a little bit different, obviously, because there had been so much want for so long. They were in a movie together. He had spoken about how she was his number one celebrity crush. Like there had been so much buildup and a lot of speculation. But remember, we got the official confirmation of the photo of them kissing in the car. I need you, Julie, to imagine yourself if you opened up your phone to a photo of Angelina Jolie in the weekend making out in their car outside of like Craig's, you would fucking lose it. Of course I would, but that's not the point being made. If I opened my phone and saw that, I would fucking lose it. On the reverse, if I saw an article that said Angelina Jolie in the weekend, new project announced this week, whatever it is, Amazon movie, et cetera, I wouldn't be surprised or disappointed. I would just be excited if it did happen and they were dating, but there's no reverse where I feel the equal emotion on the opposite end of the spectrum. Right. No, I hear you. But I'm saying if you start to put yourself right now, like right now, we know nothing, right? Nothing has come out. But just like, hey, let's pretend like it really is. And like, I'm trying to feel similar feelings that I would feel if I opened my phone to that. Now, once I have that in my head, now I'm like, fuck, and they're just friends. Like now I want that photo so badly is what I mean. Totally. I so, so get that. I do. I understand it completely. My thing with it is that There's another side of this, which is like, do I want it because I want them to date and I like them together and I could see it and that's why I would be disappointed or potentially disappointed? Or do I want to open my phone to a picture of them kissing for the sheer fact that the internet reaction would be insane and so much better than anything I could ask for? If I'm being totally honest, it's probably that just because all of us, but specifically you and I are just continually chasing the feeling of like heightened internet camaraderie. And I mean- could you imagine? Could you imagine Twitter? No, that's what I'm saying. Like everything that happens is almost only great because of the way the internet reacts to it. Like obviously there are certain relationships that are just the be all end all of celebrity relationships and you're excited regardless. Keeping in mind, it's not like the internet existed in the way it does now when there was the Angelina Jolie, Jennifer Aniston, Brad Pitt love triangle. You just had to go on your own personal feelings and discussions and tabloids. But we all know that because of the existence of the internet, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, whatever it is that you're looking at, everything becomes more exciting and funnier and like 
you just want things to happen for the sole purpose of being able to scroll your phone and sharing memes with your friends and tweets with your friends and writing them in your group chat and like dying over just what everyone else's reaction to it is. I get nothing out of Angelina Jolie in the weekend being in a relationship together if there's no internet to accompany it. Right. No, it's absolutely true. And if there's no, you know, proof of it in the sense like, see, this is when I feel so hypocritical because we talk so much about like the intrusiveness of the paparazzi. And then at the same time, I'm like, all I want is a shot. However, listen, it's it's not anything inappropriate. If they're out in public, if they're walking out of Craig's together, for example, they know they're going to get photographed. So I guess it doesn't really feel that intrusive because I just, I think of both of them as such private people. Like I don't, I mean, Angelina just joined Instagram. I would never see either of them posting one another on their stories. That feels like unheard of. So we would really be getting our fix of it through the media. Although as I'm talking this out loud, I'm realizing I don't even think that it would be that like unethical of coverage necessarily because they would be in places that are public and they know that they're going to be photographed. It comes with the space. Absolutely. I think there's different levels of paparazzi intrusiveness. For example, the conversation we're having about Blake Lively and her children, there's a level of intrusiveness there that's just never okay. She was with her kids. She was fearing for her own safety and her kids' safety. She was trying to protect them. And she is somebody who does not allow images of her children out in public. So everything about that situation was wrong and intrusive. If you're Angelina Jolie, one of the biggest celebrities in the world, and you're leaving Giorgio Baldi, There's going to be a photo taken of you. It just happens, especially when you're with one of the other biggest celebrities. You know, paparazzi do have to make a living too. I mean, it's a symbiotic relationship in a lot of senses. So if the paparazzi were to disappear tomorrow, there would be a lot of celebrities and a lot of upcoming celebrities who would be like incredibly damaged by that in the process. So, I mean, I know we've now transferred to a whole different conversation just about paparazzi in general, but like it's not all bad. It's the, You can't look at the paparazzi and just say that should be done with forever and ever and no one should ever be a paparazzi again because it's just simply not the case. Well, no. And like you're saying, I mean, celebrities, are, a lot of them would be the first ones to say that. It's Listen, a lot of times also, you know, I think that we sometimes have this mindset or thought process that the celebrities that really are in cahoots with the paparazzi, it's a constant thing. So every time they're out, there's going to be a photograph of them and they set it up. That's not the case. A lot of times, and I didn't really know this until like, I don't know, the last few years when he started to understand this world a little bit more. A lot of times there are celebrities that lay relatively low. They're not constantly seen. However, they know that when they need it, for whatever reason they need it for, they can pull out that stop at any time. So you can't necessarily judge frequency by like level of relationship. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Also, I'm sure you guys saw last week on Friday night, projections of 30 started appearing on a bunch of different noteworthy places worldwide. For example, outside of the Louvre in Paris, on the Colosseum in Rome, Empire State Building in New York, which was very suspicious of a new Adele album. And then just this morning, she changed her social avatars to kind of match that same vibe. They don't have the 30 in it, but it's the exact same thing. So it is, I think, coming. It's looking very likely that very shortly we will have a new Adele album. I'm really excited. I was actually listening to her when I was walking to you the other day, and I was like, wow, I forgot what a fucking ride it's going to be when this new album drops. Like, I forgot what it was like to have new Adele music. Do you think that she's going to do a lot of press? Or I guess, let let me rephrase my question. What level of press do you think she's going to do? And by press, I don't mean like, a performance on Kimmel? I mean, actual sit-down interviews. I don't know. The thing with Adele is that 
she has the personality to match it. Like, it's not just a talent. It's not just a voice. She is funny and personable and everything she does is so unbelievably well received. Just think about when she did Carpool Karaoke with James Corden. That was one of the best ones. So I could see her totally doing something along those lines, funny like that, something that really showcases her personality. I don't think it will be a ton of press. I don't think it'll be an extreme press tour because quite frankly, I don't think she needs it. And especially in a time during COVID where it's you know more difficult to plan these things, I don't think she's going to go out of her way to do a million things and drive herself absolutely crazy with having to fit all of this in. But I could see her doing a couple of really special promo things. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I really asked the question because I agree with you. It's not that she needs it. I asked the question more so because, you know, I think there's nothing that people would want more than for her to, in a long form way, you know, explain what's going on with her currently since so much has changed in her life and her relationship. You know, last time she was in a marriage that she was clearly unhappy in and getting divorced. So I, I guess I'm just curious how much conversation she will allow to happen about what's going on in her life currently. Like not just music. Of course, the two are very related, but I'm saying, you know, a little bit more that we could get that we couldn't necessarily get just from the lyrics. I think we'll get some of that. I hope so. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. In terms of the Kardashian recap, I remember on Thursday when we were doing the Kardashian bonus show, we like spoke for one minute about them filming Hulu because I guess those photos had just popped up like right before we started recording. But since then, there's been more. So now we've seen the ones of Chris and Kylie in the grocery store. There's also been a bunch of Kim. And I cannot stop thinking about how curious I am to see how this differs because Kim is posting like from her interviews, you know. Again, we're seeing so little, but it feels kind of similar. It feels the exact same. That's the thing though. How do you make a show different enough? And how, this is really the question that I'm so excited for and curious about. It's like in the first episode, I have to imagine they're going to talk, you know, there's going to be a fourth wall break, I guess you could call it. Like they're going to talk about the process of transitioning into a new type of show and what this means for them. And I feel like they're going to be really transparent in bringing the audience along for the ride and kind of explaining their goal around it. So I want to know how that's going to be framed. 
I have no idea. I'm so, so intrigued by it because you're right. From the stories that we've seen and the paparazzi pictures of, of Chris and or fan pictures of Chris and Kylie in the supermarket, like all of it seems so exactly the same. Like you have the confessionals, you have them filming at set times with each other. You have clearly what's like a gag, you know, joking plot line of Chris and Kylie in the supermarket because when was the last time Kylie ever stepped foot into a supermarket? Like it just feels like how much variation could even possibly take place. And that's the question I've had from the beginning. Since they said it would be still a reality show, the question was just like, okay, but how could it be different? How could it, like, all we're getting is your family and your day-to-day interactions and the way you are with each other and then a couple of joking things where you set up for a plot to make us laugh. How does that differ? What is it about Hulu that is elevating it that's so different than doing it from E? Or is it just strictly a money thing and you want to keep it the exact same because like why fix what isn't broken? Well, that's my thing, you know, to be super clear. And I know you feel the same way. Like, I don't care at all if it's the exact same. And, you know, I guess as long as the name isn't keeping up with the Kardashians, their contract expired with E. The idea of a reality show isn't specific to E, you know, they can kind of do whatever they want. Of course, I guess some things have to be different, but this is really what it is. It depends how you view their decision to leave because for a while there, we felt like, you know what, they're just, they're done with this, right? Like, yes, it's a money thing, but also they're just done with the constant filming. They don't want that. They don't want that to be their lifestyle anymore. Well, you know what, if that's less of the reason it was more so if they're going to do it, they just want to be paid what they are worth being paid for. Like, It really could be very similar. And the biggest difference would be that it would focus, I have to imagine, only on the members of the family that really want to do it. And there would be no upset. There would be no frustration. There would be no lingering resentment because I'm sure in this contract, the one with Hulu, for example, Courtney's deal is definitely a lot different than it was with the E1 in terms of, you know, amount of required appearances or something like that. I wonder if Courtney will be more willing to want to be on camera now that she has something in her life that she is so excited to share. That also, I think, depends if Travis is into the idea, which I have to imagine he is, not just because of, you know, clearly he had a history in reality television, but on top of that, I feel like he's super down to share aspects of their relationship. And also, I have no idea how involved his kids would be at all, but his kids seem to be very willing to kind of like be on camera and feed into all of it. I would have watched just the spinoff of them. Well, I wanted to ask you this because you saw when Courtney did last week, like poolside with Poosh. Yeah, of course. And Al- of course. Okay, I missed that. And Alabama and Atiana were there. Yeah. So my first question was, were they filming that? Because if so, like that is a prime example of an event that would be happening regardless. That was for Poosh. It was not for the show. It was not a setup plot line, but that would be a really, to me, authentic understanding of how it works when Alabama and Atiana are just hanging out at Courtney's house with Kim there. My guess is yes, that was filmed. I, I Listen, I have no idea because we are now entering into a stage of Courtney in terms of filming that we have just literally never had before. This is just such uncharted territory. So, and especially, you know, obviously the Kardashians have dated people with kids in the past. That's not a secret. Obviously we saw Tyga and Black China's son make a couple of appearances on the show over the years. Lamar's kids were never involved in filming. I can't remember ever seeing them on camera. So you're also kind of in uncharted territory where the person that Courtney is now dating has kids that are 
not only super involved in the family, but kind of super involved in that world as is. So it'll be interesting just from that sheer perspective to watch it play out, because based on what we've seen from Alabama and Landon, at least, and their presence on TikTok, I can't really imagine a scenario in which they wouldn't want to be active participants on the show. It's a great point in terms of their willingness and their presence and all that. But on top of it, there's also an already existing public interest. It's not like you need, you know, Alabama and Landon and Travis to just get on the screen and then people will all of a sudden start to care. Everybody cares so much. Everybody hangs on to every last thing. Like, let me take you back a few months when they were in Aspen or Utah or somewhere and they were doing I'm passing the phone and it was like Landon, Alabama, Atiana, Courtney, Travis. People were hooked on that. That one TikTok just had such a lifespan. So imagine, you know, that TikTok on a show on TV. Like, that's my dream. I can't stress enough how much I would love that. Right. Well, the blended family aspect of it was when I, I'll never forget when that past the phone thing came out because it was like, wow, they're a family. It was like they are combining. This is as serious as it gets to not only meet each other's kids, but have your kids be with each other and be friends and make TikToks together. Like, I know it seems so simple, just like the sheer fact of making a TikTok, but it spoke volumes at the time. That was the first time I can really say like, wow, like that is, this is it for them. And so there's that element of it, of wanting to see on camera, which is just how do they interact as a family? How do their kids interact with each other? What is that like? How do each of them interact with the other's kids? Like fascinating in of itself. But you also have Alabama and Landon who are a little bit older and both have interests of their own. Alabama's really into makeup. It's an area that she wants to get into. We've seen her talk about Kylie before and her respect for Kylie in terms of just the makeup industry in of itself. You have Landon who really wants to get into music, who will tease new music that he's coming out with on his own TikTok. So there's also the element of them wanting to be on the show for their own gains as well, which is interesting. And I don't think that either Travis or Courtney would want them to not have that opportunity to showcase themselves. Oh, completely. It's such an exposure thing. And, you know, I was just thinking as you were talking, remember a few weeks ago, or maybe it was, I don't know, even know when I have no concept of time, when Alabama posted the video walking into Kylie Cosmetics, the office? Yeah. Like that's an example of something that could be filmed. And could you imagine, I don't know people's level of caring about like Travis's relationship with his kids. I feel like you and I have just taken a real interest to that because of the Courtney aspect of it all. But to me, I would love to watch this 15-year-old girl be able to walk in to the empire of something that she is in such awe of and just get to watch her experience. Like To me, that's so special. I know obviously we're talking Kardashian, so everything is super elevated and it's like this very extravagant way to meet the version of your hero. But I really think in a lot of ways, Kylie is kind of like her hero. And I just think that's a really cool thing to be able to one, happen, but then two, potentially film. I totally agree. I mean, again, you're also touching on all of the behind the scenes stuff that we haven't gotten. And it feels like, you know, whenever there was a big event that would happen, we knew that eventually it would be filmed and we would get the show. It never was this long of a break that they went without filming. So whatever happened, we knew that we were going to get that behind the scenes footage. And we know based on when they ended E and when they started filming for Hulu, the chunk of things that have happened that we will never get the behind the scenes or presumably won't get because they weren't filming during that time. So even just something as minor as Alabama going to the Kylie Cosmetics office to get the behind the scenes of who set that up? Did Kylie invite? Did Courtney call in a, like calling Kylie saying it would mean a lot? How did that work? Like that's the piece of the puzzle that is so missed in the show. It's just what happened behind the scenes that we do not get. 
it is so amazing to see Instagram stories and TikToks and Instagram posts of the things that happen. The thing that interests me more than anything is the how did it happen? Yes, exactly. What is the backstory? Doing your hair has the potential to be such a time-consuming process if you're not using products that really work for you and honestly really work with you. And for me, I'd say generally speaking, my hair is pretty easy to manage, but it does get frizzy. I have a lot of split ends, so I'm always looking for things to manage the frizz. And recently I've been into a new product from Way. It's their anti-frizz cream. So it's a really lightweight cream. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours and also heat protection up to 450 degrees. You're kind of killing two birds with one stone. And the thing I really like about it is that it helps reduce and repair split ends while quenching dry hair with intense hydration. So you can feel like it just feels good on your hair. For me, I get out of the shower. I always spray in the leave-in conditioner. I've told you guys about that before, but I love it. A little anti-frizz cream and you're good to go. I also, I mean, I love a lot of things from Way, but I like their detox shampoo. I don't use that every week, maybe once a week, maybe once every other week, but I feel like it gives my hair a really, really good clean. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code CELEBS for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code CELEBS. You want to know another one that just happened, Megan Fox and Courtney for Skims. I think that is such a probable filming situation that Kim is taking the camera crew behind the scenes at the Skims photo shoot. We have a cameo by Megan Fox for two minutes out of a 44 minute episode or whatever it is. Like that to me is golden television. Why wouldn't that be the case? I will never recover ever from the fact that we don't have not only the progression of Courtney and Travis's relationship on camera and the behind the scenes of that, but the fact that we will never get the behind the scenes of the Scott Eunice DM breaks my heart every single day. I know. It's it's deeply upsetting. It really is, not to be dramatic. No, I, I don't think I'll ever get over that. You think there's no shot that they were filming, right? No shot. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they did something where they kind of revisited the subject just because it was so major and they kind of played it off as if like it happened closer to when they were filming or they just something happened and they wanted to revisit that subject just to give us a little bit of it. I wouldn't be shocked. But the general raw in the moment reaction, we won't get. There's a part of me and I could be convinced either way, but there's a part of me that feels like it will not be mentioned at all. Like, I think that was really dark for them and specifically for Scott. And I I know that's, what does that mean? Like there've been so many really dark moments that have been filmed through or talked about. There's just something about this one that feels different. And I think that they are going to actually take the benefit of not filming as like a win. That's I'm, I could be wrong, but that's just how I feel. I could see that too. The only thing that I could also see is that them making it such a thing about Scott and Courtney being together filming for the first time since that's occurred. Right. That's also a possibility. I don't know. I mean, all we have is questions and no answers, but in the absence of answers, I guess it's just fun to hypothesize. And we'll get answers soon. Yeah, I know. The last thing that we wanted to mention was, I'm sure you guys saw those photos of Kim and Kanye leaving Nobu. They had dinner with Tracy and Ray. And I don't know. I'm still... I will maintain my stand that I'm willing to look really stupid, but I'm going to stick to the story of I do not think they're getting back together. I know everybody is now starting to turn a little and there's all those articles that say, you know, Kim really isn't rushing the divorce and she's open to reconciliation. I'm not saying those aren't the case. I'm just sticking with my story and 
I don't know. <laughs> I'm sticking to there's no rush on the divorce, but nothing uh, final is happening in either direction right now. I don't think that there's a rush for them to get back together. I fully believe that Kim isn't ruling it out, though. Yeah, I unfortunately think I, I was swayed a little bit on that also. I don't know. Who knows? I mean, I'm not saying I agree with it. Like, I, like this isn't even a point of like, do I want that to happen versus not? I honestly have no idea how I feel about it. And if I'm leaning towards one way, I'm probably leaning towards me not wanting them to get back together. I just think the logistics of the situation is that they're not quitting. They're not quitting each other so soon. Right. Right. Okay. Here's the thing. Regardless of what's going on, whether there's a chance they get back together, they don't, whether they're already secretly hooking up, like you can make up a million, million scenarios. Them having dinner with Tracy and her husband means nothing one way or another. Like they have always maintained a friendship and a solid co-parenting relationship. So I guess my point is that even if there is something going on, these photos of them leaving Nobu are not at all indicative of that. That's, I guess, the point that I want to get across. Totally. We haven't seen anything incriminating. Getting dinner, even if it's without the kids, is not incriminating in my opinion. Until I see a picture of them kissing leaving Nobu or them like really holding each other and looking romantic, nothing is pointing in the direction of, oh my God, they're definitely back together. Again, the thing that probably drew that reaction the most would have been the wedding dress at the Kanye listening party. And it felt kind of stagnant after that, like nothing really came of that. So once we move past that, seeing them together at dinner isn't really additive to that. Um, So I don't know, we just have to see. I mean, listen, I'm not ruling it out that one day that'll just get thrown on us and we'll see a picture of them being romantic together and it'll kind of catch us off guard, but none of us can be truly surprised. But as of right now, anything we've seen does not point me in that direction, anything more than the wedding dress did. Right, right. So glad we had that talk. Do you feel better? <laughs> I feel a lot better. Anything else? I just, I just miss you. I wish that I was back in the city. You guys, Julie and I did, what did we do, 13 miles yesterday of walking? Yeah, 30,000 30, steps, baby. I'm really, that felt amazing. I had such a good day. I love when you come into the city and we just walk. It's my favorite thing in the entire world. We just walk and talk about Couch Guy. <laughs> Don't get me started, you guys. Oh, talk about internet camaraderie. This couch guy thing is insanity. And and just now, I think it was this morning or yesterday, he released another statement. It's just unbelievable. Can you believe couch guy has to release quote statements? No. And and it was a two slider this time. Can we tell them about our game? Oh, yes. Because I think they can fill in some of the gaps for us. I would love that. Do you want to explain or do you want me to? Can you actually, so I can go on mute while there's a little bit of construction going on? Yeah, of course. I would love to. Okay. So Julie and I were saying yesterday that obviously there are so many trends that arise on TikTok and you know they span themselves through months and months. There's sounds, there's trends, this, that. Okay. But when we were talking about couch guy in specific, for those of you familiar with TikTok, you understand, I'm not going to go into the whole explanation now. We were saying is that was unique because it was one video, just one single video that literally took over the app everybody's talking about it. Everybody is now making remakes about it. There's theories. Like if you're relatively well-versed in TikTok, you know about Couch Guy, regardless of what your FYP normally looks like. And what we were saying is we want to try to pinpoint specific videos like that, not trends, not sounds, not things, specific videos that had that same effect. And the ones that we came up with were- Number seven, the guy with the Justin Bieber song that was the football player. Um, the moms doing the dance, specifically the third mom. 
there's this other one. I don't know if Julie fully agrees with this one being one, but I did. There's that kid, Jay Coleman, who like started doing all of those videos of him lip syncing in the gas station parking lot, remember, with different people. But it all started because he made that one video of him shirtless in the gas station and that woman stitched his video and was like, come on, Jake, we're in our group project together. And so that became a whole thing of everybody commenting on his video being like, come on, Jake, your group project. I know this is so niche, but you will understand if you are a TikTok person. So can you please DM us with other examples of specific videos, just like one video that went so viral? That's to me the craziest part of TikTok. Like that's why I think I'm so fascinated by the couch guy video because this girl just uploaded like a very unassuming video of her surprising her boyfriend in college. And I bet she expected to have like 10 views, like just her friends would see. And all of a sudden on an app that has a billions and billions of people, it is now this mundane video is now the most discussed thing on the app right now from this just completely random girl and her boyfriend who's maybe cheating on her. Like to me, that is a concept that I can't get, like that I can't really wrap my mind around because we've never seen that before. Obviously there are tweets that go viral and certain Twitter videos that go viral and there are things on Instagram that really you know, get a lot of traction. But to the level of what we're seeing on TikTok, where somebody can just post one video without even thinking anything of it, the girls and their moms, specifically that video with the third mom going as viral as it did to potential breakup song and every single person was reenacting and talking about it. And third mom became the biggest meme on the internet. It's like, there was no reason that that happened. It just did. And the way that the app works in that sense is so fascinating to me. I, I can, I'll, I could talk about it forever. It's so unique. It's really unbelievable. And also it does play into, because listen, as the shit gets more and more viral, obviously there are also negative aspects to it when like it just becomes toxic. And I can't imagine being this girl and, and everything that goes into it. Yes, she's the one that posted it, but she didn't anticipate this. Like there's so much. That being said, I do think there's something, and this is really a good example of we as humans can pick up on vibes. We can pick up on energy. And every single person that watched that video, even if you didn't all come to the same conclusion, you said, okay, what is going on here? And that was the you know, kind of dynamic that we all were aware of. And like, it's just, it's just crazy how uniting it is. And oh my God, that's a separate episode, Julie. I can talk about this till I am blue in the face. And we do. That's what we spoke about for literally 13 miles yesterday. Yeah, yeah, wow. Okay, well, we love you guys so much. We are so grateful and we just love doing this so thank you for letting us do it and we'll see you later this week for kardashians and bravo so i'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life like generally speaking there's pretty much nothing i wouldn't rather be told straight up but specifically when i'm buying something or paying for a service I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide.